Florida State is now going to be fielding three five-stars. At the moment, three five-stars in this Might be more coming. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Tuesday evening. Almost said Wednesday. Yeah. Though. But Tuesday, weird, weird, weird to have this so early in the week. But that's due to Dustin and Tommy traveling over to Jacksonville tomorrow evening to get prepared for Florida State's practice over there in Duval for Thursday and Friday. So pushing the podcast up a day. Fine with that. There's a lot to talk about and to discuss, including fall camp observations. As as we're well into a week of that, we've got KJ Bolden committing to Florida State over Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, and others. And then we've got to talk about Daryl Jackson and the NCAA not granting his waiver, the Miami defensive tackle transfer. Some interesting stuff there. And I know, Dustin, you heard from Mike Norvell after practice about that. So we've got uh, quite a bit to discuss. Won't be too long as the other ones. Nothing to preview offensively, defensively. We've already did that in our past two episodes. So I highly suggest you guys go back over there and listen to that if you want to get ready for the 2023 season and the personnel that's going to be going out on the field on Saturdays. But Let's go and jump into it. With me this evening is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer at the top. And then down below is our editor-in-chief at NoelGameDay.com, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? A little tired? Doing well. It's uh, It's been a long couple of days. Florida State obviously has had five practices uh, since our last episode. So, a ton to talk about tonight. You know, the first couple of days we're in helmets and shorts. Last three have been... Um, and shoulder pads now so we'll see if they decide to go full pads in Jacksonville or whenever that happens but I mean the competitiveness the physicality has really been ramping up throughout camp so far and just a lot of just a lot of news overall since the last podcast between realignment and recruiting just both football and basketball um, now fall camp it's it's been a busy weekend fellas yeah it has I'm glad that we're on here earlier then later in the week on on Wednesday, there's a lot to discuss, and we're going to jump into it. Uh, you know, heavy in fall camp. Uh, we were up there. I was up there just for the first day of it, but uh, it was nice to be up there back in Tallahassee. You could tell a lot of there was a lot of good energy, but we'll go in full discussion on that in just a minute. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. 
We've had a lot of people coming through on YouTube lately, and I know that we're uploading practically daily at this point with fall camp coverage and getting quotes from Mike Norvell. So make sure you guys subscribe so then that shows up on your YouTube feed. But yeah, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. If you've got any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, just simply throw it into the chat and we will try to cover those. Uh, yeah, let's jump into first off the big discussion from today and the news coming out of fall camp. Nothing to do on the field re- related. Sadly, it has to do with Daryl Jackson not receiving his waiver from the NCAA. It was denied. This is Miami defensive tackle transfer, uh, you know, who had played, who has played a pretty big presence so far, Dustin. We saw him in the spring along with also now in the fall camp. And, you know, he's an impressive player and he's been getting a lot of time too on the field and Odell Hagan's defensive line, Dustin, but you know, kind of just take us through what Mike Norvell told you guys. Just didn't seem obviously too happy about what uh, what news came from the NCA on this. Yeah, we were actually uh, scheduled to speak to Tony Tokar today after practice. So I was a little surprised whenever we looked over and saw Mike Norvell um, walking to speak to the media. And, you know, that kind of instantly raised the hairs on the back of your neck a little bit. You're like, all right, so what's going on here? And he kind of went directly into it, you know, went ahead and, told us that Darrell Jackson has had his waiver appeal denied for the 2023 season. And as of right now, he's not going to be able to suit up for Florida State on the sidelines um, in 2023. And, you know, it sounds like Florida State, they've been going through this process with the NCAA, obviously, since he transferred from Miami, uh, you know, way back when. So this has been a long, ongoing process. And it, it really wasn't looking great, you know, when it came down to waiting this long to get a decision from the NCAA as is. And, you know, from what Norvell said, this was actually the waiver appeal that was denied. And, you know, there are still some steps that Florida State can take from here to try and you know get his eligibility back for the 2023 season. But, I mean, just based off the way that Norvell was talking, it, it seemed really unlikely at this point with all the avenues they've already explored. It's interesting, especially because the NCAA changed their multi-time transfer rule, like, what was it, two weeks after the transfer portal window opened? And it was Uh, after, sorry to interrupt you, but it was after Jackson had transferred to Florida State as well. Yeah, and same with Tez Watkins for UNC, who just went through a similar thing. You know, part of it is, did did the whole social media hoopla when Joshua Farmer hit the transfer portal for two, two or three days, did that have anything to do with it but at the same time he did transfer to move closer to home for a sick family member in the past that's gotten people to waiver doesn't look like that's the case this year it seems the only way they're accepting the multi-time transfers is people that are transferring for you know either mental or physical health issues personally or i forget what the other one was um but it's it's slim pickings for the multi-time transfers this year it seems like yeah you're opportunity now is extremely i got a lot thinner and you know it's got to go into law stuff and i'm i don't know how you go through and all that kind of stuff with the ncaa and that's something you know florida state will have to sit back and have a meeting on if they want to go through and go do that but you know you know it's it's interesting situation because just talent wise what florida state has and depth wise you, you feel good about that um you know We've got the whole names, Fabo. You've got Braden Fisk, who has came in and has looked like a monster. We're going to talk about him in a few. Uh, you've got guys, too, Joshua Farmer, who's played a lot of snaps for Florida State. You've got the experience there. But still, you know, Daryl Jackson just was kind of cherry on the top and 
added in a whole lot of just tenacity inside that defensive line Dustin we saw him a ton in the spring and you've been seeing him in fall camp but he was getting a lot of opportunities man first first team second team he was in there quite a bit and you know now that's going to be limited and got to push other guys ahead of him but you know the NCAA is going to be the NCAA man and you know they've got a situation going on in North Carolina as well um it's just I I do wonder if that had any play and it like what VZ was talking about getting on social and then the whole Joshua farmer thing, we're going to go transfer together and mm-hmm. all that kind of hoopla. If that might have that, that might've just put maybe a damper in that process of where maybe the NCA was close to getting to a decision there and Florida state's favor and get granting him access to this 2023 season or, you know, that, that kind of screwed it up there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the NCA is the NCAA. I, I, it's just tough to figure out. And, it, and it's under the direction of good old friend Stan Wilcox. So, right. you know, it, <laughs> it is what it is at this point. But like you said, if, if there was any position that they could have taken this kind of blow, it is that defensive tackle. Because like we talked about the last week, there's, you know, eight guys that you feel pretty good about in there. And, I, you know, to your guys' points, that's definitely something I think the NCAA could have used in their argument to deny this appeal. And <clears throat> at the same time, you got to think, Miami probably wasn't doing any favors for for yeah, Jackson true. behind the scenes in this process as well. And mm-hmm. there's no doubt this is a big blow for Florida State. But at the same time, you know, we you already kind of referenced a couple of those guys. Florida State's got a ton of depth in that interior. Fabian Lovett, Braden Fisk, Joshua Farmer. And then you've got to talk about some veterans as well. Dennis Briggs um, has been solid in camp so far. Malcolm Ray wasn't available in the spring, but has made a comeback. And I mean, man, you can tell that he's really fighting for a job, you know, a guy that's not going to play as many snaps as he did in previous years, but he's out there battling and hustling. And then, I mean, behind that, you've got Daniel Lyons, who has continued to be solid and continue to grow. Iobami Tafasi, who now it seems like maybe with Darrell Jackson not eligible to play at this moment in 2023, it could be a guy that leaps in, grabs a couple snaps here and there. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But even though you're losing Jackson – there is still just so much depth in that interior and you've, you've still got to love the room that you do have available. Yep. Going to have to have some youngins jump up. I, I look at Daniel Lyons as being one of those players, Dustin, you know, he arrived and had already some, some decent size on him, but coach Dorms did a good job on him this off season and looking at him on the first day of fall camp last week, he looks apart as a Florida state defensive tackle. And that's something that is going to play a big time factor for him, putting on a little bit of size and some muscle and strength because he was making some really nice moves. I think he was one of the most tech technically sound defensive tackles uh, that I was spent a lot of time watching going against the offensive line. And he was putting some moves on some of the veterans. And so having some size added there is something that's going to help expand and, and push Daniel lines to get some more playing time, which is going to be expected in 2023. So um, I know there's some chatter too about, well, what happens after the semester and if Florida State's able to make a run into January and such. Don't know if how we can get confirmation on that, you know, how that works primarily with the NCAA. But, you know, it'd be nice to have Daryl Jackson available <laughs> if you're going if you're going through into a playoff scenario, you know, Florida State, if they're, you know, going to go up to Charlotte, I don't think that plays a factor going the ACC championship. But I don't know all those kind of legalities, to be honest. It would definitely be nice. I mean, imagine bringing back a starting caliber 
defensive lineman who theoretically is uh, pretty fresh from not playing throughout the year and throwing him out there in some really important games at, at Florida State um, is hopefully going to be trying to win and compete in in December. So, I mean, we'll see how this process goes. <clears throat> There's always a chance that he gets his eligibility reinstated at some point during the season. I'm sure Florida State is going to continue to do everything they can on their end to uh, get this process flipped. But as of right now, just uh, not a ton of optimism. But, I mean, maybe a small silver lining for Florida State. Um, Darrell Jackson was going to play a huge role on this defense and was eligible for the NFL draft after this upcoming season. Maybe depend on how things go. You know, now he comes back to Tallahassee in 2024 on a team where you're already going to be losing a ton of depth across that defense and is an anchor on that Florida State defensive mm-hmm. line in 2024 alongside Joshua Farmer and some of those other guys. So we'll just have to see how it goes and, and progresses. Yeah. Yes. Supposedly there's always the supplemental draft and things like that, though. There's there's always other avenues. As talented as he is, he could, he could easily make that leap, honestly. But – you know, obviously, you'd like to have him back for next season to to provide some experience next to that really young backup group they have. For sure, and I mean, I guess what I mean by that is I feel like his draft status wouldn't be as high coming off a season where he's not true. playing yeah, compared to a twenty twenty four season where he's a bona fide starter and it's going to play a huge role from beginning to end. So, like I said, we'll just see how this process kind of unfolds. Glass half full, baby. That's the way I like to think about it. I immediately thought, okay, well. Worst case, you just get them to have – you have another year of him, like a full year in, in 2024, which you're going to need because Braden Fisk was – you know, Braden Fisk, Fabo, Briggs, likely moving on. And then, yeah, definitely Dennis Briggs. Like, you know, you, you start not crazy thin, but you lose a lot of experience, a lot of college experience players. And Daryl Jackson brings that to you, to your stable immediately. So that was another factor, too, why Odell Hagens and – Adam Fuller really wanted to add them, add him to this defensive line, but just more importantly, man, he he was causing some havoc in some of these practices. So, um, you know, just a really tough situation too. Just not on the field too, but I just also think personally for him and what he's going through with his mom, you know, that's just stuff that we can't even, you know, fathom, and then how much that kind of hurts him in in, in a lot of ways. So, uh, wish him the best on on this situation and and figuring out what could be. What could be going on with Florida State side and if they can make any moves? But, you know, like you said, Dustin, maybe something could happen during the season. But it mm-hmm. just seems like it's really thin at this point. And like you said, just to kind of end it off, you know, this this isn't only hitting Jackson on the field. It's also hitting him at home because, like, he talked about it after practice today. You know, now his mom's blaming herself and he doesn't want that to happen. And, I mean, it's just a very sad situation for – a kid who just transferred to be closer to his mom and also have an opportunity to continue playing the sport he loves at a high level. So just to see it in like this, it's pretty disappointing. And I mean, it should shed a big light on the NCAA, especially, you know, Florida state's been in the spotlight here now two straight years, not only with this, but the Bob on Miller suspension. So it, it's, it's been pretty <laughs> ugly for the NCAA in Tallahassee, the, the last 12 12 months. Yeah, What's nothing new? new. <laughs> What's new? What's new in Tallahassee with NCAA? There's a question here from Jen on YouTube asking, we are appealing, right? This is actually from the appeal that got denied. Yep. So 
like I said, the Florida State's in a pretty tough spot right now and dealing with this. So if we have any updates or staff gives us any, we will have you guys covered on this. But Daryl Jackson not available for 2023 as we speak on it tonight. Uh, let's jump into some better news. Let's go from bad to good here. And this one, I we need it. We need it. We got to get the vibes, vibes up. Florida State, big I mean, we talked about Charles Lester, and that was massive, but this one just feels just a little bit different. Doesn't it, Dustin? Florida State lands five-star defensive back K.J. Bolden out of Georgia, right in the neighborhood backyard of Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. Picks Florida State over also Alabama, Auburn, uh, also some other schools in there along with Ohio State too who was in the mix near the end but big time pickup for coach Sertan this is ridiculous the amount of talent that he's going to be bringing in that he's going to be fielding uh, next year and he hasn't even shown us a product on the field yet at the college level but that'll be happening whenever Florida State faces LSU and a good wide receiver unit for, with Brian Kelly but big time pickup for Florida State in that 2024 class which extends them more than extends them, but puts them now at the number four overall rank per 247 sports. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Dustin, reaction of K.J. Bolden picking the Seminoles. It was a great, great ceremony. Mom absolutely loved it. I don't know if you guys saw the video, but uh, Mom immediately getting up. K.J. going straight to that hat. It just seems like this is something that, KJ was wanting for a good a good little while. What a win on the recruiting trail for Florida State. And, I mean, man, the last five weeks have just been crazy for this 2024 class. We've seen Florida State pull in, I mean, over 10 commitments since uh, the beginning of, of July. And to cap it off with KJ Bolden, it's been a very successful summer for Florida State. You know, there were a lot of people panicking um, during the month of June when – we saw Florida going on a run and we saw USC and I think Tennessee going some pretty good recruiting runs. And I mean, we told you on the show and we told you on the website that it was Florida state was setting up for a big July and they pulled it off, you know, into July with that Charles Lester commitment. And they took it right into August and grabbed the number one safety in the country to uh, pair up with one of the top cornerbacks in the country. So like I said, a huge recruiting win for Florida state, we talked about it last episode. Me and you both predicted K.J. Bolden to commit to Florida State. We were hearing pretty good things at the time. Weren't totally sure at that point that he was going to pick the Seminoles. But, I mean, as it got closer and closer, and I think especially the last 24 hours, the confidence on our end was just continuing to grow. And once we were able to confirm that Cam Davis was en route for the ceremony, I mean, it just felt like Charles Lester – all over again. And to that point, you know, what a couple of special leaders this 2024 class has in Luke Cromanhawk and um, Cam Davis. I mean, for both of them on consecutive weekends to make the trips and go land two five-star prospects for their classes. Um, it, says, it says a lot about, you know, those two young men that are coming to Tallahassee. But K.J. Bolden, what a job by Florida State's coaching staff as well here. Mike Norvell, um, Pat Sertan just absolutely lighten it up on the recruiting trail at the moment. You know, Florida State, you think back a year ago, everyone remembers the Desmond Ricks fiasco, fiasco, and he was talking about, you know, Florida State, it's like they, they stopped talking to me. It's like they gave up. And, 
KJ Bolden was one of the recruits in the comments at the time saying they did, they did the same thing with me basically. So the way that they flipped this over the last year to now get him in the class, a total change on the recruiting trail since uh, Sertan has arrived in Tallahassee in that defensive backfield room. And, you know, this is just the cherry on top for Florida state. Florida state is now going to be fielding three, five stars at the moment, three, Five stars in this might be more coming. Whoa, whoa, put that as a sound bite. That's gonna be our intro for this podcast this week. But yeah, Landon Thomas, Charles Lester, and KJ Bolding leading that in the stars. But you look at Luke Cromenhawk, a a top three quarterback in the 2024 class, and then you can't forget, you know, Cam Davis was technically right there at the five star rank as well but i think you and i dust we've seen that guy so many times in person going against some good talent as well you know that that, that's five-star talent to me but uh you know florida state rolling every which way possible right now in the recruiting trail but i'm glad you brought that up about kj bolden saying they weren't talking to me They, they weren't saying anything they weren't communicating and then they were able to flip it that well and do it with a new defensive backs coach with Coach Sertan and be able to build that trust so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you could tell, too, the family played a big part in this recruitment as well, both close with his mom and dad. But just to see mom get really excited about that, that doesn't surprise me one bit, gentlemen. That's mom. Every every recruit that we've seen committed to Florida State, it seems like the mom is the happiest out of anybody at the ceremony. These kids are and their moms are super ecstatic. You know, whenever they pick uh, Florida State and Mike Norvell and their and their sons going to play for this coaching staff, so uh, it says a lot about you know what we've been talking about on here for the last couple in like last year, two years about what Florida State does first off, and that's just building the relationship first and caring about the player and wondering how the academics are doing, what's the game plan for that going into college, and then we'll talk about what's going on on the field. So that's something Florida State is doing a really good job at. And you add in a little bit of NIL and that factor, too, and bringing those possibilities and potential capabilities into the mix, you, you can start grabbing talent like this. So uh, Florida State 2024 class, not done yet, but sitting in the top five at number four as we speak on August 8th. It's, it's very impressive. You know, there's been a narrative – going around ever since Mike Norvell arrived in Tallahassee that he wasn't able to recruit high school prospects. And I mean, we're pretty much seeing him put that to, put that to bed and then stomp it to death um, this summer. And we'll see how it goes over the next couple of months. Like I said, I think there's still some elite options on the table that Florida state is pursuing. And now you're sitting there with 22 verbal commitments. Um, it's still at the point where the NCAA has the waiver where teams can take as many signees, as they want. I think Florida State, you know, they're going to push for 25, 26 signees. And who knows, maybe you lose one or, or two guys down the stretch. But there, there are still some really talented guys on the board. And now Florida State, with the majority of this class in the boat, they can really put the focus on pulling off a couple more home runs. But yeah, just talking about KJ Bolden a little bit more, the dream school factor went in Florida State's favor in this recruitment. He obviously grew up a fan of the Seminoles. We saw some of those pictures of him and C.J. Hurd on social media. And that was another reason that I think Florida State, you know, they were able to flip this and show K.J. Bolden what, what's being built in Tallahassee now. And that really just made him feel comfortable with uh, following his dream. And we talked about adding Charles Lester. I think that was huge as well. 
just showing that FSU, you know, they're not only they're not only bringing an elite talent in and KJ Bolden, but they're also bringing in a guy in Charles Lester and who who we've talked about, you know, maybe a potential duo like Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James coming to FSU if they're both able to reach their potential at the college level. But the run that Mike Norvell and the Seminoles are on, both on the field and on the recruiting trail, good times ahead in Tallahassee, it appears. Here are the top five rankings right now in college football for the 2024 class on the recruiting side. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Florida. Number four, Florida State. And number five, Alabama. So I was just talking to VZ in the production meeting, just saying how quickly this is just flipped on its head of where Florida State has now jumped into the top five on the recruiting side of things. And I think, too, when we see this season be played and and I'll be honest with you guys, and we're going to hopefully be able to talk it to an existence and Florida State you know, can pull off a win. We'll see what happens uh, not too long away from now when we're in Orlando. If Florida State can go and beat a top 10 team and LSU and do that into and do that in Florida, but also with recruits and attendance and the momentum they're on on the recruiting trail. Everybody was giving fits, like you've been saying, Dustin, recruiting. Everybody's throwing fits about it, freaking out. God, what that does for you on the recruiting side of things. You've, you've already mastered the transfer portal, but doing it on the recruiting side and also showing on the field results is something that Florida State's got to show. They've got to show that they can beat a ranked team. You know, that's something, you know, Florida State, yeah. You beat North Carolina in 2020 year COVID year. That's fine. Okay, cool. But now we're back into the mix. We're back rolling football wise. None of that mess. There's no excuses. And if you can go in and, and beat LSU and Brian Kelly on Labor Day weekend, Sunday night, prime time, all by yourself, put yourself on the map. You go back to back against LSU, highly talented. You're you're really cooking on the recruiting trail. And anything you can do whatever you want at some point in my in my opinion with what they've been able to do in Tallahassee and recruiting wise and building all these relationships that whole month of September is going to be big for Florida State as far as you know showing recruits what they can do on a national stage LSU game like you mentioned and then also capping it off with Clemson you're you're going to know what Florida State football is about in 2023 by the time October 1st rolls around and I don't want to just keep on bringing it up, but, uh, you know, the last two shows we've had, I said, you know, if you want Florida State to land these guys, you hit the like button on YouTube. And sure enough, it's been working. It's been working. You know, the last couple episodes getting a couple hundred likes and, you know, FSU keeps landing these five stars. So, you know, obviously there's no five star or any commit coming in this next week or so that, that we know of. But, you know, maybe okay, just hit the like uh, button for future future. uh Good luck, I would say. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the likes, but I'm just I'm happier that we we both got our predictions right. Uh, the yeah. last two shows for Lester and Bolden. I was ner- I wasn't like nervous, nervous, but I was like I, it was definitely more riskier just off of the not so sure intel that we were getting. Like the Charles Lester one, we felt pretty damn good about, but the Bolden one was definitely more of a riskier one, but those feel the better afterwards. So Dustin, like whenever the hat is picked up, just a big old breath and Mm -hmm. then it's immediately get everything out on content wise (laughs) onto the side, onto socials everywhere. So, um, if you guys haven't yet, before we jump into fall camp observations, I highly suggest you going down in our YouTube 
description. Jumping into our Discord, it's free for FSU fans to join. I highly suggest joining now before it gets stir-crazy here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got all kinds of channels, including recruiting. Dustin's dropping his football recruiting predictions in there as well. He's also dropping in practice updates. We've got live game channels. So whenever Florida State does face LSU, we'll have a channel specifically for that game for you guys to go jump in there and talk with fellow FSU fans. But uh, tons of content and a whole ton of users joining in the last like month or two. So we're getting prepared for a big season ahead. But that's in our description on both our audio platforms when the podcast goes out and also to in our YouTube description. The link is down below. And like I said, completely free to join. So highly suggest jumping in there before the season begins. Uh, let's, let's talk some fall camp observations. I feel like now this is our time to shine. I, I, the conference stuff is fun. I get it. Whatever. Awesome. Cool. But, you know, I love talking what's going on on the field and it's uh, it's kicking, baby. It's kicking. We're I was up there with you, Dustin, for the first day. You said you don't remember much of it at all. I just remember a few guys standing out to me in size wise, uh, looking at Keon Coleman come in a lot more. Just I thought of him being more of like a definitely have some muscle, maybe a bigger size. But I think Coach Storms and just a little bit of time has worked with him on his body. He just looks so crisp in his routes. Just for the size, the size that he has, we were seeing him in practice and going in one-on-ones. And Keon Coleman looks the part, guys. He, he really does. Um, and, you know, a couple other players, too, who size-wise, Braden Fisk doesn't seem like he's uh, missing much of his workouts with Coach Storms. Uh, at least lifting-wise, I don't think he's missing much at all. But Braden Fisk is absolutely ginormous, and I didn't even get to see him in pads, but took a good video of him. And, whoo, boy, I, I've been extremely high on him this entire offseason. I think this addition now is even more massive because of Daryl Jackson and not having him for this upcoming season. Uh, just ton, tons of tons of guys that really did a great job on their bodies, and the whole entire offensive line, too, just somehow got bigger and, and just – a little bit more lean too, and, and some of that size, not so much of some sluggish weight that we saw a little bit last year, I would say. Yeah, both of those guys have come in and looked the part, like you said, especially Keon Coleman. I mean, you think about what you're looking for in the prototypical NFL wide receiver. This is a guy six foot four, 215 pounds, absolutely fits the bill. Um, as you said, Logan a very good frame, a, a lot of muscle. I mean, this is a, a thick wide receiver that we're talking about. And just the potential just aerial attack that Florida State can put on with the duo of Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. We're still seeing Jordan Travis and Coleman get that uh, timing down. But, I mean, when they connect, it's normally for something big. You hit them for back-to-back touchdowns today, yesterday, or, or maybe it was Saturday. There was a very long play. And um, when you see them, you know, don't connect or there's a miscommunication or something. They're both going over to the video board and Jordan Travis is talking with them about it. So, I mean, they're doing everything they can to get on the same page in a, a short amount of time. And then going over to Fisk, uh, an absolutely massive human. And he's listed at six foot five, 297 pounds. He said yesterday he's actually around the 300 mark right now. I mean, he looks even bigger than that. And that was something that we talked about with him coming in, you know, getting a guy who's already played five years at the college level, who's been in a strength and conditioning program that long, you know, was going to pay dividends for Florida State, bringing him in. And 
going up a little, going up a level, you know, quote unquote, with him going from Western Michigan to Florida State. I think hopping into FSU's program has helped him even more, just continue to make strides, always coming back from that shoulder injury. And now you see him out there, you know, he can put, he can drive back the offensive lineman or he can get around him with his athleticism. It's, it's really a mix. And to see a guy that big move like that, I mean, he's three and two against Mike Norbell in the race. I don't think Robert Cooper won three during his career at Florida State. So it's been a very good mean, start for Brandon Fisk. Damn, damn, bringing that's, that's Robert Cooper. Robert Cooper's all the way in Seattle and catching I'm a sorry, straight. But I've, that's damn. just that's my comparison. There's a there's a vast difference in speed. I I, I appreciate. Robert it's also Cooper's. about forty pounds of difference too. Hey, he'd be five and zero oh if uh, Mike wasn't cheating. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, coach has been cheating, right? He's Sounds doing like he's doing whatever he can to try and get a couple wins under his belt. I mean, the addition he should have thought about this when he added all this athleticism to the roster that mm-hmm. his win loss in the, in these races was going to go the other direction real quick. It was funny. Tommy had put out a video and friggin' Winston Wright's just backpedaling while, while Norvell's running with him. Yeah, Span was like lightly jogging. Yeah, that one was the funniest. Yeah, Span just that's him. That, you just got to jog. That's how much speed he brings, but. Yeah, I was just noting on a few things while I was there, too. Just really what stood out the most was this defensive backfield and most importantly, the younger players under understanding where they need to be, understanding their roles, understanding their assignments. These players are putting themselves in really tight coverage in the right spot and right place. And you look at one that just showed up in Tallahassee, Edwin Joseph, man, uh, you know, coming in with this class alongside Conrad Hussey, who has also had a nice start to camp as well. These two, these two players can make an impact this upcoming season there in the safety room, you know, depending on depth wise. And, you know, there's always some things going on concerning wise sometimes with Akeem Dent and health, you know, Florida state's got to have some guys step up in that safety room and it's, they're going to look at some of those youngsters as well. But uh, I, I just thought just for also a first year, defensive backs coach with coach Sertan, yep. just how smart these these guys were and i'll be honest with you coach Sertan wasn't really extremely hands-on with them and it was only the first practice uh, that i was viewing but he was kind of uh, allowing them to do their own thing and seeing if they understood you know if they were in the right spots or not and for a majority of that and team drills which is even more impressive to me uh they, they were staying in coverage staying in coverage while a rollout was going on with the quarterback, which is extremely impressive for a true freshman defensive back. It's a whole different level going from high school to college. A lot of different things. Definitely in Mike Norvell's offense, it's not the easiest to cover some of these targets going by you. But Edwin Joseph was someone that stood out to me quite a bit, along with Conrad Hussey. Um, just, just understanding where to be at the right time. And that's a great, great sign for Florida State. And I think that's continued, uh, Dustin, uh, through camp so far whatever Sertan is doing it's working I mean the defensive backs really seem to be taking a knack to his coaching style and you know it just it feels like he's been doing this for years when in reality this is you know he's about to begin his first season at the college level so it's been very impressive so far especially with the cornerback unit you know those are some very competitive guys and when you've got them going up against Florida State's wide receivers, I mean, it just makes for some very fun battles out there on the practice fields. But, I mean, just from what I'm seeing, these guys are just going out there and they're making more plays. They're putting themselves in the right positions. But, you know, 
we've seen a lot of inters not a lot of interceptions, but we've seen some interceptions over the first couple of practices. And it's not just the defensive back and a bad throw is coming right to them. We're seeing guys go up and make these plays. And I mean, I think today might have been the most impressive one of camp. You had the defense putting pressure on Jordan Travis and he threw into the end zone to Johnny Wilson, threw it up high. So a six foot seven receiver could go and get it. And then you had Azare Thomas um, coming in from the opposite side, going vertical in front of Wilson and picking that pass off in the end zone to end an offensive possession. So, I mean, you're really seeing these guys go out there and fight for the ball. I think the ball skills have really increased. And I mean, it's from the veterans all the way to, like you said, some of these newcomers, I mean, man, it seems like Florida state, has really hit on a couple of these freshmen coming in. Quindarius Jones, who was here in the spring. I mean, we've we've given him a lot of love. He's been very impressive. Um, Jabril Rawls had a pick six in practice yesterday where he read the quarterback's eyes and just put himself in position. Edwin Joseph has been uh, pretty good early in camp, had some really athletic pass deflections. I think you were just showing one. Mm-hmm. Um, K.J. Kirkland, another guy who has put himself in position for almost picking off a couple plat- passes but getting some pass deflections. Conrad Hussey's uh, physicality stands out early on. And one one newcomer I think might work his way in the rotation, Ashlyn Barker, the uh, Juco safety coming in from Iowa Western. I mean, man, he's he's really flashed through these first five practices, got an interception, had a really nice pass deflection while defending Jaheim Bell one-on-one the other day. And then today came up, you know, in tight coverage on, I think it was Kyle Morlock or another tight end. And as the ball arrived, came up and delivered a hit, forced a fumble, and was instantly on the ball and recovered it. So Barker coming in and already, you know, putting himself right there in the lineup. So really all these guys, all these young guys coming in, you, you've got a like for Florida State in this defensive backfield, and we haven't even talked about the veterans yet. You know, Renardo's looking really good. Jerrion has had a lot of good moments. I just mentioned AZ probably had his best practice to date. Um, today and also Greedy Vance has been very solid there for Florida State at the nickel cornerback position. And they're making these plays against some receivers that have a ton of talent. I mean, you've already noted Keon Cullen and, and Johnny Wilson, but Terry Williamson's made a couple plays from what you've noted. Winston Wright, you know, there's there's a ton of talent in that receiver room that's that's made some plays. And the fact that these DBs are doing against this talented of a receiver room, arguably the best in the ACC, that really stands for something. That's the at least right now, that might be the best part of going out there to these practices is just seeing these two units compete against one, one another because they've both made so many improvements over the past couple of years. And, I mean, these battles, these competitions have really heated up compared to where they were in Florida State's roster a year, two years, three years ago. And, you know, I think the offensive line and defensive line, that competition is going to get even more intense once they go full pads here. Uh, like I said, hopefully, you know, maybe sometime this week, we'll see how it unfolds. I'm looking through a lot of your notes too, Dustin. A lot of Jaheim Bell, and you know, yep. that's something that I think chemistry this offseason helped a ton with getting with Jay Trav, uh, also Rodemaker too. But just specifically between him and Jay Trav, I think of him being sort of like how Florida State utilized Johnny Wilson last year and kind of a security blanket along with Biscuit too. I noted him as well as someone not to forget about. We, we saw gotta talk about Biscuit. We taught we we uh we viewed Biscuit this time last year in fall camp and we're like, damn, J Trav continues to go to Biscuit. Are we gonna see a lot of Marquiston? But I don't think we expected we thought, okay, that's practice. They're going to him. Maybe we'll go for somebody else, maybe Cam McDonald. 
But no, a lot of passes were thrown to Marquise and Douglas in 2023. How has Biscuit looked to you um, and this offense with Jay Trav and also to mix with that Jaheim Bell? Because I think that's going to be your, your two top guys in that tight end room for 2023. Biscuit looks better than ever um, as of right now. I think he's really taken to this competition in the tight end room extremely well uh, with Florida State bringing in Jaheim Bell and Kyle Morlock to – compete with him for snaps and even though he's up to 285 pounds now I mean this is still a guy you know it's hard to it's hard to believe it he's still got a little bit of wiggle in the open field uh, I think it was yesterday during one drill he came out and pulled a spin move and I'm like a 285 pound tight end pulling a spin move in the open field and Mike Norvell absolutely loved it so I'm guessing he's going to do that again at some point but Mark Easton has just consistently been making plays throughout these practices, had a nice one-handed grab. Um, I think it was on, on Monday where he had to readjust his body and then come down with it in traffic. So, like I said, he's he stepped up his level of play to the competition, and I think he's going to continue to be in this rotation a ton, even though you're bringing in Jaheim Bell, who is just a, a freak athlete. Uh, can get out in the open field and put a move on on a defender and can also just kind of go right through guys. He's got a nice mix of power and athleticism. So that tight end room, um, you know, we weren't very high on it coming into camp last season. This year we're higher higher on it than ever. I think you're going to be really impressed with the amount of versatility and, and the different tools that Florida State has in the shed when it comes to their tight ends. I was just about to say the the differentiation between every single tight end is crazy. You have Jaheim Bell, who can do a little bit of everything. You have Morlock, who's your more traditional deep threat tight end. You have Marquiston, who looks like a blocker, but like you said, at 285 pounds, still has a little bit of wiggle to him. It's such an insane, insanely talented room that, you know, like you just said, this room was not good last year. It made a complete 180 in one offseason. Yeah, Biscuit's, Biscuit's going to... I think he's going to play a factor. People don't, people keep on forgetting about him, and that's fine. You know, Jaheim Bell, the, the amount of talent that he's going to be bringing alone to this offense is a game changer. There's no joke about that, you know, but, you know, can't forget about Biscuit and, you know, his consistency too. I think Jay yep. Trapp really liked his reliability last season. So that's why we're seeing consistency going through fall camp right now. And it's crazy. He added size. He, he definitely added lean he muscle. Did, yeah. if he's over here doing, if he's over here spinning around, man. That means it ain't fat that he added on. That was lean muscle that Coach Storms put on him. But uh, they're going to expect quite a bit out of Marquise and Douglas this upcoming season. Uh, I just got noted on here, too. It's great to see uh, Gilbert Edmond making some flashes, Dustin, um, because he's going to be expected to play quite a bit this upcoming season. Um, mm -hmm. Because if anybody, knock on wood, anything happens to verse Peyton, Gilbert Edmond's going to be a guy that's going to be plugged in there immediately. But I like that he's also added size, too. So it seems like he's working with the weight added to Dustin and making some plays uh, early on in camp. He's battling for that uh, DN3 spot right now, you know, the primary spot behind Jared Verse and Patrick Payton in the rotation, I would say. And he's really started to come along strong over the last couple of practices. I think Mike Norvell said Saturday was one of his best practices since he has arrived at Florida State. And Gilbert's just grow been growing more and more comfortable. It seems like he's got the defensive scheme down to this point, and he's just going out there, you know, pulling pulling his ears back and playing football. And we've seen him get after the quarterback now in consecutive 
practices with a sack yesterday. He was able to come off the edge and actually get a strip sack on Tate Rodemaker, get his hand there and knock the ball out. And he's also had some impressive plays when it comes to run stopping as well. You know, there was one that comes to mind. He was engaged with an offensive tackle and was able to get off his block and wrap up the running back, you know, right there around the line of scrimmage or for a very short gain. So Florida State, you know, defensive end, not the deepest position, on the on the roster, but I think as far as the guys at the very top, first Peyton, um, Edmund, you've got to feel comfortable with those guys, and we're going to see if one of the other guys, Byron Turner, Jaden Jones, or someone else, can emerge during camp. And like we've said before, I think Braden Fisk and Dennis Briggs are going to be options to be flexed to the outside at times as well. I want to go through some questions in here from a couple of platforms facebook and youtube specifically this one coming from ken hudson asking what position will conrad hussey play the true freshman defensive back safety safety yeah i don't know if you were (laughs) yeah no i was i was like uh i'll give it to you but yeah safety position something that florida state wants to add in some homegrown development and they want to have that for Coach Sertan moving forward um, to have him be a potential starter in his career in Tallahassee. Really talented. I'm so excited for the addition for him. Just got to have some development go through there. And the same for you know Edwin Joseph, depending on where they want to use him. That's where the video of where that deflection happened on the sideline to Winston Wright almost got nailed from. But was would have been 100% worth it to see that happen. It was a great play made and just beautiful, just eyes eyes on the quarterback but also being tight coverage with Winston which isn't easy with Winston's speed so so for that to be a true freshman play is really nice uh there's a question on here too from our guy Witt on YouTube asking how does this team compare to last year's team at this time and fall camp five days in um I mean just off the first day I I just like how this team it felt like they'd already been practicing for five days, Dustin. Like it felt like it wasn't a first day at all. I understand. Yeah. There was some excitement. There's some energy, but not a whole lot of just extra curricular stuff going on. Just not crazy things. It's just dialed in and focused and guys understanding where they needed to be. And I think that's, that gives a lot of credit to coach storms and also the assistants around him. You know, when you're Coleman too, those guys do a great job during the off season preparing and being on the same page as Mike Norvell, which isn't easiest. You know, Mike Norvell sets the standard very, very high during the off season. And, you know, coach storms is able to take that and build a nice plan for all these players, but also in the film room too. And you know what, I'll be honest with you, having leaders in the locker room helps a ton with that and holding guys accountable to take care of their business and making sure we're making smart decisions leads them to a better success in the first, first uh, mm-hmm. couple of weeks of fall camp. But it, it just looked like some of these true freshmen coming in. I, we had been there before in Norvell's tenure, Dustin, where some of the guys, yeah, it looked like it was new, taking a little while to get acclimated. It takes about a week or so. And then it does, these freshmen were showing us things that we hadn't seen before in that quick of a period. And that just goes to show what Florida state was able to do this off season and really stay dialed in. And that's a shout out to uh, coach storms and his, and his crew. This is a bigger team coming into the preseason than last year. And they're also a lot more experienced than they were a season mm-hmm. ago. You know, Florida state was still searching for success at that point And, Coming into this, coming into this season, there haven't really been any bad practices. There haven't been any drop-offs of energy or lack of competitiveness. 
I mean, in fact, it's been the most competitive we've seen Florida State in years from the top of the roster to the very bottom, like you said, with the true freshmen and even some of the walk-ons. The level of competition in Tallahassee is at an all-time high, and I think that's just making everybody better on the roster. But you can just really see the maturity out of Florida State. They've really taken on that identity from Mike Norvell where – they're just approaching, you know, it's cliche, but they're approaching each day one at a time, trying to get that 1% better, that mantra that they have. And, I mean, all of those guys have bought into it. Like I said, these practices have been pretty clean. I mean, extremely physical, and you've got guys getting after it. But for the most part, it's all been kept between the whistle. You're not really seeing teammates go after each other and create these big fights like we've seen happen at maybe some of these other schools. You know, we saw it certain LSU, we saw it surface with uh, Louisville, you know. But Florida State, they're a lot more mature than they were a season ago, and it's paying off so far in camp. We'll see how it goes in Jacksonville. I do remember last year at UNF, you know, there was at least one lackadaisical practice that you did not have a lot of fun at if you were an FSU football player. So we'll see if Florida State goes into it this time, a little bit of a different mindset and continues to – carry that mature attitude on their shoulders but I mean as of right now you're really just seeing a football team that knows what it has to do in 2023 has taken on those expectations and is going at them head first each day and it's fun to watch yeah and also I point out to some of the fans mainly hashtag FSU Twitter that will gripe and complain about some of the coaching assistants and it's mainly primarily over recruiting stuff But one of the biggest things, his game plan coming into Florida State was to keep a coaching staff together. And this is what happens when you keep a majority of your coaching staff together and you're going into your fourth season. That's that's just what happens. It's it's obvious. That's exactly – you keep it all glued together and these guys understand what's going on. Practices don't look different year by year. So, you know, it's experience, same coaching staff and a lot of accountability being held this last offseason. So. And, I mean, the only guy that Florida State's lost on its coaching staff in two years that it probably didn't want to lose was Kenny, Dill- Kenny Dillingham in that move to Oregon. But then Florida State was able to quickly replace him with the combination of Tokars and Alex Atkins, which has led to even more success. So, like you said, the continuity and then also just the quality of guys they have on that staff you know, it's paid off over the years. And now you really see the message that Florida State has given to people. They've proven that it actually works. And now we're seeing recruits, we're seeing transfers, the players on the roster, they're all bought into that message. So one last question here from Tom, our guy on Facebook, asking what do you guys think about Sam Singleton, the true freshman running back, Dustin? You've been having a couple of practices to see him, and you're nodding your head, so that means hopefully some good stuff. But what have you seen out of the true freshman? He's going to be a good one. Uh, Coach Yak got him another one? You can tell Coach Yak and Mike Norvell really like this kid a lot. And it's hard to come in and impress when you're entering a running back room that already includes Trey Benson, Lawrence Toafili, Rodney Hill, C.J. Campbell and Kaiseya Holmes, but for a guy who just got to Florida State in June to begin his college career, I mean, it really feels like um, Samuel Singleton is a little bit ahead of the curve. This kid is extremely fast. He's able to impact the game not only on the ground, but also out of the backfield in the passing game. 
And, I mean, there was a play a couple practices ago where he was able to get to the corner and just gone. And that's when we're talking about the running backs aren't live contact right now. It's pretty much, you know, you wrap them up or, or you tag them. Mm-hmm. So you're not taking guys to the ground. I mean, he got around the corner and didn't even get tagged and was just gone. So some more speed coming to Tallahassee. And, you know, he's probably not going to do a ton for FSU on the field this year. But I think just being able to learn behind those guys ahead of him and continuing to grow in that strength and conditioning program like we saw Rodney Hill do a year ago is going to benefit him. But looks like Florida State might have got a hit. Yeah, if Rodney Hill can sit down with him and have on just, hey, sit back, listen to what's ahead of you, and have that development like we saw Rodney Hill take last year, which is going to only uh, rocket Rodney Hill this upcoming season. We're going to see a lot of Rodney Hill this upcoming season. But just sit back, listen in the film room, and watch the watch the guys ahead of him. You know, We could really see Singleton take some strides in, in 2024 and just looking ahead at that running back room with Rodney Hill and Singleton you got Danzy coming in. You've got also two Cam Davis. And that's just Coach Yak, though. It just seems like no matter who it is, Tra- walk-ons, Treshawn Ward, C.J. Campbell, who I love, like it's just consistent development in that room. I think, Dustin, you could go in there and maybe get a couple snaps. I think you could turn into maybe a, like 100 let's, yard. Let's, let's it not would, it would take some development. Too much. Yeah, he'd need some work. It would take it would take me, you know, a year longer than probably Treshawn Ward, but might be able to get there anyway. I mean, it's a it's a real running back factory in Tallahassee right now. No matter who comes through the door, Florida State is able to turn them into a quality running back and you know potentially boost them to the NFL. We'll see how this season goes for Trey Benson and Lawrence Toa Philly. But I mean, yeah, I think that honestly might be my favorite room on the entire roster just because of the constant churn of development that we see from coach Yak. But along with that is just the way that all these guys, I mean, it's a really close room. Coach Yak does a good job making sure these guys are all extremely close with one another. And, you know, competition can sometimes bring out the worst in people as well as the best, you know, jealousy and stuff like that. But these guys all truly, I mean, are out there fighting for one another and you see someone make a big run and score, the whole group's running after them to celebrate. You know, they're all coming back and high-fiving each other. So, I mean, just to see guys fight for each other no matter what, you know, it's not something that you really see in maybe this era of college football where a lot of it's, you know, me, me, me first. So just another example of the culture at Florida State that's been built. Yeah, and then there's another question on here, last one about Kaziah Holmes also in that running back room. Didn't get to name him as well, but – He's one that I just need to see answer. I see the flashes in camp. I just need to see answers whenever we get onto the real football field for him because he's got a lot of capabilities. He said that he's got some kind of like Trey Benson, too. He told that to the media a little while back, and I want to see that in a game-type scenario so badly. He's just gotten so close, and you know, injuries have kind of delayed him in that. And then also, you know, he was not available last year. That We're talking about the Penn State transfer running back here, and we know what Penn State's also been able to churn out there and some talent in the backfield as well, but – Kaziah uh, Holmes is one that you know we continue to watch and see different things, and you know he's one that I think navigates very well and knows which hole to hit too because he'll go flying out of nowhere and you be like, "Ooh, okay." And there's a reason for that. He knows which gap to hit correctly. Um, 
but I don't know if there's anything more specific to Dustin that you've been eyeing on him. He's just a, a pretty impressive player, and I do think he's going to end up making an impact for Florida State um, somehow this season. You know, through the first five couple of practices, I think he's actually, I mean, at least in my opinion, from my point of view, he's he's been the second most impressive running back in that unit compared to Lawrence Toa Philly. Um, has really improved as a receiver compared to the spring. You know, better a lot. His hands have gotten much better um, since then. And then he's also just a very patient runner, waits for his blocks to set up and is able to read the right holes. So, I mean, another one where Florida State, you know, we've seen him continue to make improvements ever since he got here last year. And I definitely think he's someone that can be a contributor in this running back room, you know, probably competing, I would say competing with that number three spot with Rodney Hill along with C.J. Campbell. They've all had their flashes so far. I think out of those three, Holmes has probably been the most consistent through five practices. we got a long way to go. Long way to go. Yeah, very, very long way to go, but good to see that. I could see maybe him having some flashes whenever they go over to UNF, just like kind of how Rodney Hill did in that backfield this last year. Uh, You know, if because I can take that just – stinks that we won't be able to tell until we get out onto a true game field. But uh, yeah, Holmes, Holmes continues to have those little flashes here and there. I only have two things left on my notes here that I wanted to bring up and we got to give some trenches on the offensive line. We got to show them some love too. And I saw quite a bit thrown into your practice updates inside the discord, Dustin Uh, bless Harris also really impressing, which is great to hear. I think that's phenomenal to hear if you're an FSU fan, because as we know, Got hurt in week zero for Florida State last year. Wasn't available at all throughout the remainder of the season until the very end, really. But uh, Bless Harris uh, has having a really nice start to camp and has looked smooth. Getting to the second level, getting to the linebacker and making some blocks down the field. He seems to be 100%, which is a great sign for Florida State. Coach Atkins in that offensive line room. Anytime you can have... Uh, great depth, but also expected to be a starter. Guys making strides there uh, to protect Jordan Travis, which is going to be the biggest goal for the Seminoles this upcoming season. Uh, that That's huge, but good to see Bless Harris getting after a D-Lou. Yeah, it's been up and down as a unit so far. I think they're definitely better right now as a run-blocking unit than pass-blocking. We've seen the last two practices at defense – bringing a variety of blitzes and different stunts from the defensive line that's kind of caused some confusion there at times. I mean, I'm sure it's something they're going to be able to pick up better throughout uh, camp. But, I mean, Florida State, they're blessed to have uh, Bless Harris back in the lineup. (laughs) He was very impressive during the spring in his return from that injury, and, I mean, it's just kind of continued it into the fall. You know, I've been paying more attention now to the offensive line the last couple of days now that the shells are actually on and we're seeing a little bit more physicality. And, I mean, it's really just the athleticism that Bless Harris brings to the table. You know, he's an extremely capable blocker, but in this offense where Florida State runs a ton of counters and a bunch of other different zone runs, it requires the offensive line to be able to pull out there and get up to the second level, create holes. I mean, that's something we're seeing Bless Harris do at a high level, you know, pull out there, get a body on a linebacker or a defensive back to open up, you know, a run behind him to get up into the second level, into the secondary. Um, and some of these other offensive linemen, I mean, doing the same thing, you know, the the teaching from Coach Atkins, I I make sure to spend at least five minutes over there during the uh, the photo, vi- photo video periods, 
you know, when we're actually down there on the field, just standing over there and listen to him work with that unit and go through instructions. And I mean, when you're working with Coach Atkins, you've got to do your rep absolutely perfect or you're going to be doing it again and again and again. So, I mean, he's really working these guys. And I mean, even though there's a ton of players who have played at FSU before or are veteran transfers coming in, I mean, he's just drilling the technique and the fundamentals. And we're also seeing FSU do a lot of different lineup combinations to see what the best starting five is going to be going into the 2023 season. So, I mean, eight, nine, ten guys that could be bona fide starters in that room. I think you've really got to like as a whole what the offensive line has done so far. But like I said, need to get a little bit better and more consistent as far as pass blocking. And this last thing on my notes that I had written down was actually about uh, Vandravis Jacobs, the true freshman wide receiver who was limited to start off camp, but now being he was there today. Yeah, he was was there. there. He showed he showed up. Yeah. Uh, Vandravius Jacobs was someone that ha- was like flash of the damn spring to me, uh, was a player that was just coming down with almost any ball that was up in the air. And if it was even contested, he was making some plays on it. But uh, Vandravius Jacobs back in action, which is huge for Florida State because uh, I think he's going to play quite a bit this upcoming season, if I'm going to be honest, guys. And I know this question from Matt on Facebook is asking, you know, is Jacobs ahead of Hakeem? Right now, um, you know, I think just off of Jacobs alone and maybe if he I think it's going to come down if he understands the system more and to blocking wise, because that's big for Mike Norvell if you're going to get ahead in playing time. But uh, I don't literally specifically look at it that way. You know, Hakeem's going to be a caliber player that Florida State and Coach Atkins and Norvell are going to use in this offense, I think quite a bit, too, in the red zone. But they're they're just not going to see crazy amount of playing time in 2020 just because of the products that ahead of them i could see jacobs maybe being used more because you're kind of thin and you got some question marks a tiny bit in the slot position if once and right if, if he's going to be a full go this upcoming season you know you're kind of got jakai douglas there but you, you got to have someone to maybe jump into the slot there and see if jacobs can make an impact but jacobs alone though dustin is someone that has just been a great great surprise to us of um just showing up and making plays man that the quarterback's like going to him because he's going to risk it all to come down with it it's been a little bit of a slower start to uh fall camp for all day dre but he was there today man um out of the green non-contact jersey and back into the white jersey and you know was getting some work and seven on seven and team drills and really impressed had back-to-back catches um in seven on seven and then saved his big play for 11 on 11, where he absolutely just exploded off the uh, get-go by Jabril, by Jabril Rawls and got deep down the field. Perfect throw came in from the quarterback, hit uh, Jacobs in stride. And, I mean, he just went absolutely blazing to the end zone. He had two defenders chasing after him, turned around, flashed him a peace sign as he uh, crossed the goal line. So just having some fun with it. But – I mean, yeah, he's a very impressive player. And you actually, you know, we didn't talk about Winston Wright yet today. You know, still working his way back from that injury. But has been a full go throughout Florida State's fall camp. And at least in my opinion, you know, I talked about him at length during the spring that I didn't think that he was right just yet and that there were still some hurdles for him to jump through. I think right now, you know, Winston Wright's playing as confident as he's been since he arrived at Florida State. Looks to be as good as he's looked since that injury 
um, since he arrived in Tallahassee and has been showing some positive flashes out there on the practice field uh, in the slot for Florida State. It has been one of the more consistent wide receivers to this point throughout camp, has had some big plays. There have been some misses, but, I mean, he's still coming along, and you've got to think over the next three or four weeks if he can continue to grow more and more comfortable um, and being out there on the offense and also taking some contact from Florida State's defense. I mean, this is a guy who could do some things for Florida State in a slot position right now that's a, a little thin behind Winston Wright and Ja'Kai Douglas. You know, we'll see, like you said, if they end up moving Vandravius down some or Darion Williamson into the slot. Destin Hill, it seems like, is, is being cross-trained for all of the positions in that wide receiver core. I, I think he could be down there in the slot as well. I mean, we haven't even talked about Destin Hill, guys. <laughs> He's, he had his first practices um, two years after signing with Florida State, another guy. I mean, obviously, he's two years now past his high school class. Doesn't look like a true freshman at all. Come, comes into Florida State in very good shape and has jumped right into the mix, is out there making plays. And, I mean, it looks like he hasn't been away from football for two years, honestly. He looks like a special athlete, has also been taking some reps in the return game as well, might be able to make an instant impact. Uh, in that facet of the game. It sounded like Mike Norvell when I asked him about Destin Hill yesterday. He's been very impressed with the way that he's quickly acclimating to getting back on the football field. Yep. It was good to see the unicorn in person. Actually, saw my own eyes, man. He's not a robot. He's not AI. It's a real person. Nope. Completely real. Completely real, people. I promise you, with my own eyes, we saw it. But, yeah, Destin Hill looks like he'd been training and doing a good job. With uh, Coach Storms, too. I mean, a lot of those guys just just fully prepared. I mean, that's what you've got to do. But Dustin Hill looking good and making some flashes as well. Um, I wanted to mention there's a lot of questions coming in, too, right now. I'd highly suggest you guys jump in our Discord. If you ever got questions throughout the week, jump in there. Ask us some. Um, I just want to make sure we don't stay on here too crazy long because, like I said, we're, we're well in the training camp, both in Tallahassee and Tampa. So rest and getting – Getting some sleep is always a good idea. Uh, and then Dustin and them got to travel tomorrow. So sleep don't want to stay on here week. too late. But um, what do you say? Sleep is for the week. As this man came in here earlier and I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired, but I ain't going to sleep. How are you going to fix not being tired? You don't. You just that's you just stay tired. You're always tired. Yeah. Hashtag stay tired. You're always tired. You're never tired, but you're always tired. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to bring up one last thing, too, before we jump out of here. And I'm seeing some Discord messages. The link is down below in our YouTube description. So it's free to join. You just click on that link down there below, and you'll be able to join easily. I uh, didn't mention this earlier, but Florida State and the coaches' rankings came out. And Florida State is a top 10 team via the USA Today coaches poll. At number eight, one spot ahead of the Clemson Tigers. I want to get y'all's thoughts on this, but I'm going to run through the top 10. Georgia, number one. Michigan at number two. The Crimson Tide and Nick Saban at number three. Ohio State at number four. Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers sitting at number five. USC, number six with Caleb Williams. Penn State, number seven. Florida State, eight. Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, number uh, number nine. And then Tennessee sitting at the 10 spot. 
Does this seem pretty accurate to you guys going into this 2023 season? Of course, this is in the AP poll, but uh, coaches poll AP usually pretty similar throughout the season. I don't really have a problem with it, honestly. I mean, it seems about right. Um, in the end, you know, it's only going to matter what you do in week one. So it doesn't it doesn't matter if Florida State or LSU comes into that matchup. Same thing with FSU being one spot ahead of Clemson. The only thing that matters is uh, what they do in week four. But as far as looking at it as a preseason top top ten, top twenty five, yeah, I mean, I think it about adds up with where you would think Florida State would slot in in that five to eight spot. Yeah, I think anything between five and nine is pretty arguable. Um, especially, you know, FSU and Clemson, like at ACC Media Day, Clemson uh, was predicted to finish ahead of Florida State. So yeah. you could easily swap those two around. You could easily swap LSU and Florida State, considering Florida State beat LSU last year and had a better record. There, there's a lot of flip-flop you can do. It's it's not a huge deal, though. It's preseason. Until you get to week five or six, the rankings don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this seems pretty, pretty right. Someone in the comments is asking, where's Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher at? Well, I'm going to keep scrolling. Yeah, so gonna, and I'm going to keep... Oh, oh, they did that. make it. I didn't even realize. Uh, Tulane, a couple spots ahead of them. But yeah, Texas A&M at number 25. Texas Tech ahead of them. And Tulane, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the only ACC teams here in this one, though. North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson. Well, gentlemen, anything else before we hop off out of here? I felt like we spent a good amount of time talking some fall camp observations. That's not going to stop uh, as we keep on going throughout this uh, last little bit of, um, I would say, off season. We're getting really close here before we give our 2023 season predictions. And that is going to cover a lot of things, including our record predictions. We're going to talk about the ACC. Uh, obviously, force LSU, and then we're going to talk some bold predictions, who's offensive, defensive, MVP, all that kind of fun stuff. So that's going to be coming up in a few weeks. But a lot of this is going to be talking about fall camp. So just sit back, relax, enjoy it. There's a lot to like about this. It's extremely fun to go watch them play, too, and practice. Dustin said he's got one more thing before we hop off out of here. Well, Tom just reminded me because he put kickers – in the chat. And I mean, this is something for me uh, as a, as a journalist, I, I take extreme pride in covering Florida State's kickers. Um, it's something that I note down every single day at practice. I only track the live kicks. That means when the defense is actually rushing at these guys, I don't really care about kicks on air. So, I mean, we only get a couple attempts per practice usually, but I mean, they really opened it up today. I think both of them ended up attempting four kicks but through the first five practices uh it's been nearly perfect for Florida State's kicker it seems like the competition is bringing out the best in both of these guys early on in fall camp um Ryan Fitzgerald actually had his first miss today and I'll say that um in quotations because it was actually a field goal that was blocked by Shaheen Brown who I'm sure with LSU coming up he had some flashbacks whenever he came off the edge to do that one but, um, yeah, other than that, Fitzgerald has been perfect. Um, actually connected on a 46-yard field goal right down the middle today during practice. I think that's the longest one to this point, I mean, in that range. And then Tyler Keltner as well, you know, has been only missed one kick. It was a wide right attempt from about 45 yards out. But he, he's made some from 40-plus as well. And I think both of them, you know, they're – 
They're doing a good job. Sounds like Mike Norvell has been pleased with the way that they are approaching this competition. And yeah, right now through five practices, no one has really separated themselves, which is honestly a good thing. Cause like I said, they haven't missed a ton of kicks. They're both kicking at an extremely high level. Nice. That's what we like to hear. Absolutely. That's going to play a big factor too for Florida State. There are some times the last couple of years where Florida State got hurt by missing some of these where they should have been hit. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on that competition for sure going into oh, I will. camp. Oh, I know you will. And also the snappers. Snappers looking good. They're killing yeah. it. I mean, they're doing a great job. The transfer from Ohio State comes in and, you know, he's pushing James Rosenberry to be his best after getting that scholarship. And that's another one just – like I said earlier, competition from the top to the bottom of the roster, from the quarterbacks to the long snappers. Man, you, this is why you listen to hear the spear right here, baby. Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up there. No, 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 no. I got one. Oh. I've got one. Oh. we, we got to mention Florida State basketball getting their first commit of 2024. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Go ahead. Just, Sorry, I'm swamped in football. What's going on with basketball? I saw the, the piece that went out, but yeah. I forgot uh, the magnitude of this commit. AJ Swinton, uh, four-star wing out of Bishop Bishop O'Connell in Arlington, Virginia. Very athletic. It's what you expect from a Florida State wing, a guy that's 6'6", lanky, and is super athletic, can finish on the rim a number of different ways, but especially especially as a dunker, he's got some authority when he attacks that rim. It's a good way for Florida State to kick off their 2024 class, get a guy that's, you know, four-star commit. There are after some bigger guys, Jaden Mustaf, Amir Ali among them. Uh, Jaden Mustaf will be announcing his commitment September 14th, so a little over a month out. But Swinton kind of surprised everybody by going ahead and announcing Florida State just offered him July 7th, so about right at a month ago. And then he commits a month before he even visited campus. He's supposed to be on campus uh, beginning of September and decided to go ahead and pull the trigger. So good pickup for Leonard Hamilton and company. And I have a feeling they might have some good, more good news in about a month or so. Looking forward to this one. I think he also played – he played with Bronny, right? Yeah, played at Sierra Canyon for a year. I think he played at Oak Hill as well. He's He's been a number of places with a lot of talent. Um, if he can – he's one of those guys that he's transitioning from – he because he's always been so tall, he was a very tall kid. He's learning to move away from the post and play on more of the perimeter as a wing guy. So the jump shot's still coming along, but the form looks good. All the mechanics are there. He's just got to get more practice with it. I think he's going to be a really, really good college player. Sounds like a Florida State guard. Yeah, absolutely. Heck, yeah. Sounds good to me. Love to hear it, baby. Uh, yeah, that does it for this show, unless there's one more thing. Is there anything else? Um, someone, oh, I saw going. someone asked about Blake Nicholson earlier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Give us uh, the quick 60 seconds on Blake Nicholson, the true freshman linebacker from California. Growing more comfortable each day. Has had his best two practices the last two days. Um, had a tackle for loss um, in each of these last two practices where you've really seen that athleticism, that speed that he's bringing in uh, in that 2023 class where he was just able to really just go right up the middle before the offensive line even had a chance to block him to get two stops. And I think playing playing on uh, both sides of the ball at the high school level also just really helped him out with his ability to track ball carriers at that linebacker position. And also, you know, whenever DJ Lundy moves on, I think you've got your you've got your next uh what would it be? The Nicholson package. And you've got your next fullback. 
Well, I mean, they'd play on the other side of the ball in high school. So he was a better, he was probably a better high school running back than a high school linebacker, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. Imagine what Yak could do with him. Now, pretty sure he had like like 5,000 yards rushing in in high school. I mean, just a a beast. Yeah. As much of a freak as he was on offense, let's please keep him at linebacker and develop him. Please, please. I'm just asking for the grace of God. Let Florida State develop their own linebackers. From but but I, think, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I think that's all she wrote. I think that's all she wrote. There's always these national watch lists and award whatever. Well, I mean. I... No, no, no. They can read that at Noel <laughs> Game. We'd be there for an hour. Because everybody was be on the show. There, there doesn't need to be on the show. That's on our site at NoelGameDay.com. So if you want that news, right. go check it out over there. But that's going to wrap it up. But there's almost 200. We had well over 200 on YouTube. But uh, hit that like button if you wouldn't mind before we hop off out of here. It helps get it to more FSU fans. We don't ask for much craziness, but if you just hit that like button, it helps a ton to get some more FSU fans to come in here, chop it up, ask questions. And definitely once we get into the season, we'll be asking you guys quite a bit of what you want to hear whenever we jump into our topics on a weekly basis. But yeah, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on all those platforms so then you get notified every time we release a new episode. But yeah, tons of content coming on nogamedy.com. We're going wild and crazy on TikTok at the moment. So if you're on TikTok, follow us over there. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're also in Discord. Link down below on our YouTube description. So yeah, tons of content everywhere. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. And we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. See you guys. Peace. Five, same color t-shirt Mama told me not to